0: Welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, John Horden and Matt Pascazi. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all of your continued love and support. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at IceTime9899, and if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, be sure to send us an email at IceTime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will be released Monday and Friday every week, giving you the content you seek and desire. Today will be just me, unfortunately. Our beloved Matt uh, has come down with a fever. Uh, feeling under the weather, so uh, be taking the reins for this one, and hopefully he will be feeling good enough for Friday's episode to be back with us. I think he will. I know he wishes he could be here right now, but um, anyway, let's get into it. So starting off, we're just going to talk about how the league has been going recently. So so far, Vancouver Canucks still sit atop the league with 82 points, with the New York Rangers behind them with 81 points as of me recording this Sunday night. I know uh, the Rangers are playing. And they have a chance to take first place here. Boston Bruins with 81 points, Florida Panthers with 80 points, and the Dallas Stars with 78 points. In terms of division, the New York Rangers lead the Metropolitan um, in the Atlantic. Boston leads first place. In the Central, Dallas leads in the Pacific, Vancouver. And uh, yeah, so a breakdown of that so far is um, not too much has really given. Uh, the Rangers are back on pace after having a pretty shaky January uh, the Canucks have been pretty solid. They have had a few game stretches here where, they, where they've they been uh, letting off the gas a little bit. Same thing with the Boston Bruins. Um, the Florida Panthers still seem right on, right on top, right on target for where they want to be. The Dallas Stars are still the Dallas Stars. I haven't really seen anything about them that shocks me or really excites me. Um, they're kind of right exactly where I think they should be in terms of offensive and defensive play. Um, I think they could possibly give a run against the Panthers soon but uh, given their play I think they'll just stay around where they are currently and uh, there won't be too many surprises with that. Another um, news for performances uh, the rundown for total points right now Nikita Kucherov is the first player of this season to break 100 points he now has 102 points on the season in 59 games played absolutely incredible he's having a monster season 38 goals and 64 assists plus 4 plus minus on a team that uh you know is starting to finally show cracks from their legendary run and their just legendary performances they're fourth in their league right now in the Atlantic with uh, 74 points 33 wins 16 losses eight overtime losses um i think they're still going to be a playoff team but it will really depend on the rest of uh they're stars in Vasilecki and how they're going to play. I was hoping Nathan McKinnon would be the first, but unfortunately he's stuck at 96 points, followed by Conor McDavid at 89 points, David Pasternak at 82, and J.T. Miller at 79. In terms of gold, in terms of goals, still Austin Matthews, of course, with 52, Sam Reinhart at 39, Nikita Kucherov at 38, Zach Hyman at 37, David Pasternak at 36. Um, another thing, Zach Hyman, people have been talking about him recently. You know, these last three years, he's been a real stud for the Edmonton Oilers. Especially after being a low prospect, and even in his junior years and younger years, he wasn't really seen as this star-powered, wow player. But now he is really starting to be a solid contribution to the team that he is a part of and really helping out a struggling Oilers team. No surprise of every year. Uh, Right now, Connor Helyabuck has taken first place for goals against average of a 2.19, followed by Aiden Hill and Bobrovsky and Kochetkov, Jonathan Quick, of course, is fifth, 2.36. But of course, you know, limited game time played. Aiden Hill does still lead the league in save percentage at .927, and Connor Haleybuck is at .925. Apologize for messing up those names. I am exhausted. Um, also, miss not having my wonderful co-host here, Matt, to really uh, bounce ideas off back and forth. Um, that was at the Blue Note Jazz Club. Last night in New York City, world-famous jazz club, if anybody likes jazz. Pino Palladino was there. Um, Isaiah Sharkey. Incredible, incredible performance. Um, they didn't open the doors till later. New York City, traveling, all this stuff, so I, I'm a little tired here. But we're, we're going to get into the news, and we're going to, uh, or me, I should say, we're going to bring you what, what you need to hear and what you want to hear, of course. So I do apologize for that if I do seem a little off on that. It is also mostly just because Matt's not here. But he will be back for the next one, most likely. Um, In other news, the Chicago Blackhawks have retired Chris Chelios' number, number seven, uh, officially playing for the Blackhawks from 1990 to 1999. So, you know, it's always a wonderful thing to see someone's number get retired and just be cemented in a franchise's legacy. I know he was happy. Um, It's really going to be interesting when they have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane someday. I I wonder if they'll do those at the same time. It might be that'd be a really cool event or maybe they do one for for each um that would be that would be very very well done uh legends um i know taves is not playing right now i don't know if he really ever will come back to play Kane is still showing what he's made of really impressive really wish the rangers could have kept him but you know hindsight's 2020 20. um in other news here with more stats from the nhl Sidney crosby once again is climbing the ranks of just an NHL history in general. So this one is most career, multi-point periods. And by that, it just means having more than one point in a single period. Of course, the record is 611 periods of multi-points held by none other than Wayne Gretzky. And then second place is Mario Lemieux, which is a plummet to 362. But Sidney Crosby passed Marc Messier. Sorry, he tied Mark Messier at 244. I'm sure he'll pass him soon. And then um, Ron Francis is above him. And then Gordy House, the advisor man, Phyllis and uh, Yarmir Yager and, and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot about Sidney Crosby lately. Love him or hate him. I used to hate him a lot when I was younger. But you know, now that I'm older and I just understand the game more for what it is and everything else that it, it offers, he's just it's hard not to respect what he has done for the game and how he really is the model complete player offensively, defensively, leadership, postseason. I mean once in a lifetime player. I hope to live to see somebody else like him. And I think we will. Um and I think that would that'll be that'll be very nice. Um a Little Rangers news here, taking social media by storm. Uh, a very late draft pick and someone who I didn't really expect to see much of Matt Rempe. Uh, who is a whopping six foot seven on skates? So just imagine that he's twenty one years old. I think he was a sixth or a seventh round overall pick. Um, he is. He has been playing his first week in the in his NHL career, thanks to the Rangers having uh, you know, Blake Wheeler out for the season and scratching Benino and and putting, uh, I mean, terminating Benino and 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 uh, waving Pitlick as well. Um, and by taking Storm, you know, he's just a really gritty. Old school type player. Um, yeah, he's a fourth line player. You're not really expecting to light up the light up the score sheet at all. Although he did have his first NHL goal, NHL goal. It was a nice little deflection. He was very happy uh, and excited for that. But yeah, he has more penalty infraction minutes than he does time on the ice, and he's really been giving the Rangers a competitive physical edge. And you know, there's been some debate on Rangers Twitter and just hockey Twitter in general. You got some of the old heads who absolutely love it. They're like, yeah, this is what I like to see. We need to see more of these fighting and answering the bell. And, you know, I will, I will preface, too, a lot of these fights he's done because people have antagonized him to fight because he's huge. It's not like he's just going around throwing punches for no reason. Um, you know, in the NHL, there's a lot of antagonizing for fights, but usually players will just ignore it because they don't want to be in the penalty box or, you know, hurt themselves and because they need to be out there scoring. But... um you know, there's a tear on, you know, should he what's the point of him even being out there on the fourth line if he's just gonna be in the box every five minutes? And I understand that to a certain degree. I, I, I do think that it might be a problem at some point if every other game he's just getting in fights, getting five minute majors for fighting, maybe even getting ejected. Um he did have that nasty hit in the Devils player. I know it wasn't really intentional because he is six foot seven, the guy's head was down, but um he was ejected for that hit. And uh I personally think it's great to see someone like him bringing that gritty um, advantage to the New York Rangers roster because sometimes they can get bullied a little bit and uh, he has a lot of energy and it's nice to see, but if I'm sure the coaching staff will tell him at some point, like, you yeah, know, we love what you're doing, we love how you stand up for the team, we love exactly the energy you're bringing, but at the same time, we need you to be on the ice. <laughs> we can't have you being in the box all the time and then you could get a suspension and, and other uh, negative um, aspects such as that. But that's kind of my take on that. I wanted to ask Matt about it. Uh maybe I'll bring it up again on Friday. I feel like he might feel somewhat similar. Uh you know, I can't fully speak for him, but I'd be shocked if he was a polar opposite in, in opinion in terms of that. Um So I guess for the rest of this episode, uh you know, I'll talk about wrapping it up here with just kind of an explanation of how I think I see the rest of uh, the rest of the, the season panning out so far. So like I said, you have Vancouver, New York Rangers, you have the Canucks, the Rangers, the Bruins, Panthers, and the Stars, the top five. And then breathing down their neck, you have Toronto, Colorado, and Winnipeg. Toronto being eight, Colorado seven, Winnipeg six. Um, it's going to be a nice, gritty playoffs, I think. It's going to be a high-scoring playoffs. I think player, uh, fans and coaches are going to be ripping their hair out at why their star goaltenders are letting in the amount of goals that they are letting in. It's kind of the name of the game now. Uh scoring is just at such a high rate, especially um, you know, if you have poor defensive structure or, or a defender who just simply forgets his task. Um it's unfortunate. But, you know, if they get a high danger slot, it's nine out of ten times going in no matter how good you are, no matter how prime of a goaltender you are. It's just almost impossible with the skill nowadays and how they can aim shots and bend the shots and trick you. That it's kind of hard to really see any other reason for them not to just score at the highest clip that they have been. I think it's like six goals per game, and um, you know that's why on the tail end of that, it's kind of the same thing as just saying it is down to the goaltending. As much as it, you know, it seems it's like, uh oh, well, the the goaltending will be the goaltending because there's going to be six goals scored anyway. That's why if you can get a better defensive structure in front of your all-star goalie and then they can let in zero to one to maybe two goals per game, you're going to climb, especially as the playoffs uh, wind up. A team that is very interesting to see that I will also kind of blast the coach for is the, uh, the Devils right now have 62 points of a record of 29-25-4 and four overtime losses. So a negative record here and they're fourth in the Metropolitan, and in terms of the league, they are 18, so they are missing a playoff spot right now, currently, and uh, I think it boils down to bad goaltending. Aiden Hill looked poised to be a very good goaltender for them, especially after what he did in the playoffs and kind of the start of the season, and so far just hasn't really given what they've expected, and same thing with their backup, and I know before the season started, there was a lot of hype about Tyler, bringing Tyler Tofolian and um, all these other people and Timo Meyer getting a crazy contract and all this stuff. But um, the biggest thing that, of course, you can't plan for is just injuries. Jack Hughes was hurt. Nico Heesher, which is no surprise, gets hurt. Um, Timo Meyer gets hurt and isn't scoring at the level he's scoring at. Uh, Luke Hughes is getting rocked left and right. The defense is kind of crumbling, and they've just been getting blown out or just letting up leads. And Lindy Ruff, who I think is a good coach, but it's getting hard to defend him lately because, um, you know, their power play has been pretty rough too, and their defense, like I said, has been crumbling. And when interviewed in the post post game conferences, he, you know, he, one of his things was like, "Oh, the power play is not doing well because." the media has put so much pressure on us. Now, he probably could have just been saying that as a joke or just kind of give them some type of BS answer, but still it just doesn't look great because he also had the controversy with that young player's ice time when he made one mistake, even though he was contributing offensively so many other games. And it's starting to seem somewhat worrisome. You know, like, but you see what happened in the playoffs last year Against the Rangers, they lost the two first games, five to one. It got totally blown out, and then he made a goaltending switch and some structural changes, and they gave the Rangers a run for the money and, and beat them. And now you're just not really seeing that same level of coaching and confidence that you did before. So I would be curious to see if there would be a change in coaching if this season is a playoff miss. I think maybe the organization is going to wait to see if they miss the playoffs. Or not and if they do, might let him run it back one more season, and if it's the same shifting the blame and, and other nonsense like that. They might they might have to part ways with him, which would be kind of a shame because I kinda like to see what he was doing what he was doing beforehand. But uh yeah, other than that, there's really not as much as I would like to have discussed. Um I haven't had a light the lamp for this one, so but I do have my, my Mystery Monday here. And uh <laughs> for Yeah, this is good. Okay. Um I keep thinking about this one. But uh, so for my mystery Monday is um, will the Florida Panthers, right, the Florida Panthers, will the Florida Panthers surpass the Boston Bruins in the standings and have consistent level-headed play over them in the standings? Right now they are one point away. Um, The record you know, they have more wins. The thing that's helping Boston massively in their standings is they have 13, 13, which is more than they have losses, which is 12, 13 overtime losses. So that's 13 points right there that they just got for blowing leads in overtime. There's not, a, there's not another team that has anywhere close to that many overtime losses, which I think is part of the cracks you see now that they no longer have Patrice Bergeron and some of that defensive depth, but still a very deadly team and it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But yeah, that's mine. And uh yeah, this uh I thought this this is a good episode. It, it kinda of, it really does suck not having Matt here for this one. I do apologize for being a little winded and a little out of it. Uh long day, also not as much to really dive in here, but you know, always trying to bring you guys everything you're really looking for in the league and just have level level headed, chill, fun discussions about this beautiful sport that we call hockey. And uh, yes, yeah, so I just appreciate everybody who listens, who continues to listen, who continues to tell people about it. Um, if you have critiques, if you have questions, be sure to send us an email at uh, time 9899 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, or hit us up on the Twitter at time 9899 And, uh, you know, look forward to doing this for a very long time. And I hope everybody has an amazing, fantastic rest of their week. Uh, Stay tuned for Friday's episode, where most likely we'll have Matt back, which will be good. Get him back on here, because he usually has a lot better things to say than I do. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so again, thank you for listening. Be sure to continue to tune in. Hit us up on all those things. Have an incredible week. Have a great day. Tell everybody that you you know that you love and care for them. And uh, we will catch you on the next one.